Blog Talk Radio. Hello, welcome to Snake Oil Radio here on Blog Talk Radio. This is your host, Jim Ventura. Whether you're catching the show uh, live or in archive, again, uh, welcome. Uh, if it's your first time catching the show, my name is Jim Ventura. I am a navigational consultant and a professional astrologer. Uh, I have expertise in uh, a number of different areas, including uh, tarot cards and numerology and runestones. Uh, I do personal sessions with clients here in my home office in Phoenix, as well as by phone uh, with people all over the country. Um, if you want information about any of that, you can go to my website at jimventura.com and get information about sessions. I also uh, write a monthly, well, I say almost monthly, uh, about 10 times a year, column called Snake Oil. And uh, this month uh, was a, actually a, a new column. I, I want to say almost, almost at the end of this month. It, it came out in, in early May. It was a May and, and June column. Um, and if you're not already getting my monthly column, you can email me at VenturaSag at Yahoo.com. Uh, mention your birthday so you can get put in for the birthday promotion I do each year. And get added to the mailing list to get the uh, the free column uh, approximately uh, once a month. Uh, okay, so uh, again, all that info is on my, my website at jventure.com. Uh, today is our live column read show. So the focus of today's show is I'm going to read this month's column uh, live, and then we're going to talk about it in some more detail because uh, there is quite a bit of detail to discuss about this particular column. Uh, I will not be taking live calls today uh, for the show. Um, I've got a couple people already uh, I can see in the in the docket uh, trying to call in, but uh, I generally don't do live calls for uh, the column show. We just don't have enough time for it uh, in that respect. I have to catch another show when I do take the live calls. Uh, okay, so, all right. So this month's column, I'm going to dive right into this in a kind of a literal way. This month's column is called When in Deep Water. Uh, again, this was a, uh, a new column. You know, I typically do about six or seven new columns a year, and then I run some um, old columns here and there uh, just because I've been doing this since 2003. So I actually have quite a few columns. So many of the columns my listeners and my readers have actually never read. So um, this one was brand new, though. It took me a little while to write this, and, and we're going to talk about some of those components as well once I finish going through the column read. So this month's column uh, was called When in Deep Water. Uh, I was just finishing up a phone session in early January when I began to feel really hot and physically uncomfortable. I took a nap. I felt a little bit better, but when I woke, there was definitely something off with my digestion. The next morning after a big breakfast, I began to feel a really sharp pain just below my stomach on my left side. I thought it would subside, but as the afternoon progressed, the pain got worse. I had no desire to eat, and the only thing that seemed to be somewhat minimized the discomfort was hot baths. I had past success with acupuncture for kidney stones. So I called to get an acupuncture appointment uh, first thing in the morning. It was an uncomfortable night with very little sleep. I did feel a little better after my acupuncture treatment, thankfully, but there was still something unquestionably wrong. Two nights later, I had another round of pain on my left side that lasted about 11 hours. 
It was painful and scary. Should I bite the bullet and go to the emergency care? Do I push through this and continue with my plans to use acupuncture treatments and herbal cures? More hot baths and a heating pad made it somewhat bearable, but not by much. The entire week was really difficult. I wasn't extremely busy with appointments, so I did keep working. Well, that was also difficult the first two weeks when I was ill. Still, when I don't work, I don't have an income, so taking a lot of time off was not an option. Acupuncture treatments were very reasonably priced, but they still cost money. My daily meals consisted of soup broth, half an apple, and a grapefruit. I was feverish, and I knew my body was trying to heal what was wrong, so I had very little appetite. The entire time I researched what trigger points would help with digestion, the organs, and the area I was feeling pain. After six days of being sick, with three fairly excruciating, painful nights, I went to urgent care to get checked out and also get a blood test. I purposely avoided Western medicine for the most part of my life, successfully, for almost 30 years now. So it is definitely not my first choice, but I will use it if it's necessary. I currently have an Obamacare plan and grateful that I have it. The monthly fees are very reasonable, but the deductible for a hospital visit, if I were to commit to that road, is 7900 I only got completely out of credit card debt about nine years ago. I was not eager to put myself back in that spot. I pondered whether I should continue my current path of herbal and acupuncture treatments or seek an answers from Western medicine and the probability of it putting me back into heavy debt again. Well, the blood test came back normal and the doctor recommended a CT scan. I chose not to do that and continued to research what might be wrong with me online. Was it gallstones or kidney stones? Was it something else entirely? Most of the vital organs are on the right side. I went through a painful appendix removal when I was 17 and had surgery then kidney stones 16 years ago that were resolved by an acupuncture treatment. The acupuncture treatments and herbal remedies seem to be working now, albeit slowly. I was getting better and getting my appetite back after two weeks. I lost 16 pounds in the process. In early February, after lots of research, I pieced together that it was diverticulitis. This was something my father had. I had knew I never knew what it was, but I had heard it often as a kid. Quote, Dad has to be careful, his diverticulitis is acting up. My research confirmed that I needed to make major changes to my diet. I needed to eliminate or at least minimize the amount heavy amount of white flour I was eating every day and generally eat healthier. I added a lot more fiber to my diet and took daily shots of apple cider vinegar, aloe vera juice, and ginger. All of this was working. I knew the physical issues were just a reflection of unresolved emotional stuff and areas of blocked beliefs. The physical body is the place where we see our blockades when we have never resolved our emotional wounds. I had unresolved anger toward my mother. She provided well in her duties as a mother, but was mostly emotionally absent. My siblings and I were shown very little emotional or verbal affection or really even touched very much as kids. But I've been able to see the wounds in all of my siblings from this. I didn't realize how much it negatively influenced me. 
I thought I was lucky because I got more affection from my mom than my siblings did, but it was very little. I was sick for those two to three weeks. I took anywhere from three to five hot baths a day. I needed to immerse myself in hot water to physically feel better. The call to water was my emotional body's way of returning to the womb, a place of safety before I came out to face a childhood of questioning whether I was lovable. Whatever this was, I knew I was in deep water, and I needed to completely dive into this process to heal. The last year or so had another challenge in play that likely contributed to my illness. An old credit card debt I defaulted on uh, from nine years ago that probably had been sold back and forth maybe six times for probably pennies on the dollar was another area of frustration. The original debt had been bought and refiled in court by a collection lawyer in Scottsdale. After months of aggressive phone calls to me and even some of my family members as a coercion tactic, they put a lien on my checking account with the threat of a possible one-time pull. While I knew they would never really get anything from me, the thought of going down to his office and beating the crap out of this antagonist honestly crossed my mind quite a few times. Threatening letters and just the feeling of being hounded this way was more than annoying. I was smart enough to use the strategy of purpose of keeping very little in my checking account and mostly using cash, but it was tiring. The debt default was from back in 2009 when the economy was in the tank. I had to default on some of the cards to survive. It was an agonizing decision that I put off for years because I ethically felt that a debt must be paid back no matter what. At the time, I was working three jobs. My condo was underwater financially. When I made the decision to default on most of it, it was just no other choice. I simply could not keep paying credit cards at a 24% interest rate, never realistically get out of debt. I actually could have freed myself from years of getting hounded by debt collectors if I had $3,000 at the time to cover a good bankruptcy lawyer. My mother was quite comfortable sitting on hundreds of thousands of dollars and could have helped knowing I would have paid her back. Yet when I asked her, she chose not to help and pretended that money was, quote, tight. Uh, if my father had still been alive, he wouldn't have hesitated to help. But my mother is nothing like my father. I could see years of buried anger connected with this lack of willingness to nurture, and this way, too, was also a painful trigger for the physical issues erupting now in my body. Something happened between my body cleanse, working with herbal cures, trigger point work, a series of colonics, and my acupuncture treatment. I became really aware of my block chakras, a lack of flow in my emotional wounds. I forgave my mother and the obnoxious collection agency and stopped being angry. Maybe it wasn't so much that I even forgave her. I just realized she was missing a healthy developed ability to show empathy. And she was born during the Depression and was what we would, in the metaphysical world, call a textbook baby soul. The collection lawyer was just doing the job he chose to support his own family. All the stuff that irritated me wasn't about specifically attacking me, even though it felt that way. 
Most of all, I got tired of being angry and hurt. My life was good in so many ways, and for me to waste the present and the future time I had in this life brewing about old perceptions of wounds didn't make any sense. There were good things that came directly and indirectly from my mother. She taught us to be strong, and all my siblings are truly survivors. Difficulties can never take us out for long. Indirectly, she created a strong, large family. I'm particularly good at blending in with any family group, social circles, work environments because of this training. I met with my siblings for a family reunion weeks ago in Las Vegas. We had a great time for the most part and even all got along. How many people can truly say they are friends with all of their siblings? And there were other things my mother did that were valuable too. I also had to own that from a metaphysical perspective, I chose her to be my mother. The debt collector would, for the most part, get nothing from me, and if he chooses to keep spending money filing in the courts in the future, it is his choice. This obnoxious process taught me to be shrewd when dealing with this nonsense. I lived for years without any credit cards at all. I don't really need them. Now it seems that he has actually finally given up or has probably sold the debt off to another less aggressive collection agency. I haven't heard anything in months, and my desire to strangle this vulture has long subsided. In truth, I'd struggled with these somewhat buried issues for a long time. I honestly think that my cat absorbed a lot of this hurt from me. When I painfully put her down last year at the age of 16, she had all kinds of digestion and elimination issues and was beginning to have organ failure. She would have done anything to protect me and heal me, and it's likely that she did. I don't blame myself for her death or feel I caused it. She had a good long life with me, and I celebrate the time with her as part of my family. The entire time I was sick, I would often look at the clock precisely when it was 2.22, 3.33, 4.44, 5.55. I knew they were my higher self and angelic messages that I would not only be okay, but come out stronger and wiser. I had times when I doubted and and felt fear, but mostly I knew I would heal. While I recommend my clients and readers explore more alternative medicine solutions, I don't suggest most of you abandon Western medicine entirely. It has notable use and has benefits too, and is so much a part of our cultural belief systems and societal structures. I choose alternative and Eastern medicine because it is less damaging to the body and often cures the illness and wounds permanently without sacrificing organs, extensive surgery, and a reliance on pharmaceuticals for life. While surgery is quite harsh to the body, it can also shock us out of old beliefs and blocked emotional patterns in the process, so it also has value. I adjusted my diet and minimized white flour and spent the last few months eating more healthy. I still use herbal remedies a few times a week and have maintained my fiber intake. The the diverticulitis, though, seems to be completely gone now. It is realistically possible there may may be future flare-ups, I'm feeling that that is actually unlikely. I wonder how many people can say they got rid of this illness. The emotional issue resolved, and of course, so did my body. I had been drowning with unresolved emotional pain for some time, so when I realized I was in deep water, I dived down to the bottom and came back with some notable buried treasures. 
The challenges that do not destroy us can actually rebuild us and ultimately have the potential to actually permanently transform us. Okay. So that was the column. This was a long one, uh, obviously, and believe me, when I wrote this, there was so much I left out in in this entire process because it would have turned into half a book, and I'm careful about that. Now, generally, when I do a column, there may be um, you know, a page and a half or two pages or two and a half pages. But this one pushed to a little over four, so that's not common for me. Uh, you know, the reason I do that is because, listen, I very humorously understand human attention span. Um, a, lot, a lot of people, especially in this day and age, don't really read as much. It's hard for them to follow. So I do try to be a little more succinct in writing, get a point across, again, without getting too long. But this, like I said, was such a, uh, you know, such a multi-layered event and issue that I really did want to also do it justice knowing uh, that might be a, you know, a, a lessened response uh, because of the length. Um, so let me uh, elaborate on some of these different particular points and, and make some suggestions. Um, again, one of the things that I had, had kind of pointed out here in the column, of course, was, uh, you know, listen, illness is multi-layered. I think it's important for us to remember that. You know, we are we're often kind of subjected to this belief in our society that, you know, people get an illness, something gets them, so to speak, almost like, a, you know, a monkey on your back who jumped on you or jumped out of the, out of the you know, it's like when, when I hear people say, oh, you know, everyone in my work is sneezing and somebody sneezed on me and I got sick too. It's like, well, all right, I, I guess there's maybe a little truth in that, but mostly if your immune system is strong, you're not likely to get sick because somebody sneezed on you or not that fragile uh, in that respect. You know, and sometimes we, so we humans, we get sick from, from time to time. And, and you know, when you're around a bunch of sick people, you know, again, it's not so much germs jumping out of them into you. Uh, it's, it's, you know, we're, we're, we, we are around that energy. We're exhausted. It, our immune system goes down. We need to rest. Illness does often give us that opportunity to do that, albeit rarely pleasantly. Uh, so, you know, there's a process involved in this, in that respect. And, and that was a big point that I really wanted to make in this particular piece. You know, when I began to recognize, you know, what my illness was, and that took a little while to do, you know, had I gone to the doctor, uh, they might have found it a little faster than I was able to kind of piece it together, so that's a value. Again, but on the other end, doctor visits, I'm, you know, self-employed. This is expensive, uh, you know, in a realistic way. Uh, you know, I don't want to, again, as I mentioned, only drowning in debt again. Uh, but I am smart enough to figure out through researching, you know, kind of what was potentially wrong. Um, and, and obviously I did. So when I, when I became aware that it was diverticulitis, you know, that next step for me, other than the physicality things of figuring out what kind of herbs I needed to take, and as I mentioned in the piece, it, I uh, was doing a lot of uh, apple cider vinegar, which I highly recommend for people. It tastes nasty, but uh, it's a good immune system builder, and it does all kinds of things if you research it for the body that are incredibly valuable, and it's cheap, so it's not like it's an expensive type of a drug or thing that you need. Um, and... Uh, ginger to help with the digestion, and uh, I had uh, a series of colonics from someone who did a great job on that, 
And so, you know, it was, you know, if you're not familiar with what diverticulitis is, it's kind of a digestional issue in your intestine. And so, you know, when I had talked to people who had had, had diverticulitis, I've run across people over the years who've had, including my dad, um, you know, it, 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 it's, it, it's a, you know, it's an inflammation in the in the lining of intestines, and often it's difficulty with certain foods that you eat, and it is painful on the left side. Like I said, it was really no question to me once I figured out what it was, what was going on. So yeah, at a practical level, you know, I'm I'm originally a New Yorker. You can probably hear some of that in my voice. I mean, I've been a big bagel eater since childhood. Um, I you know I was eating. I've just consistently eaten a lot of white flour in my life. Um, I've always been really lucky. I can eat kind of almost whatever I want. Um, you know, one of the things I, I had joked about to a number of my clients was, you know, I always remember being younger and uh, listening to older people saying, oh, I need my prunes and I need my fiber. And, I, you know, and I, you know, when you're 20 years old and you listen to some old person going on about fiber, one, you don't want to think, hear or think about their digestion system at all. And two, and it's like, shut the hell up already with that. I don't you know, what's funny, when you get in your 40s, you get in your 50s, you get in your 60s, you actually realize you really do need a lot of fiber. Uh, you know, it, it's a cure-all of a lot of things, upping a fiber intake so the system is flushed regularly um, is a really, really good thing and a really necessary thing. So I just began to look for foods that had more fiber in them, and um, and uh, I, I added psyllium husk, just mixing that with, with water, and and uh, and taking that every other morning and increasing a little bit more bran and various things and that was another help that kind of helped flush out the physicality. I'm going to get to the emotional stuff because that to me is even more significant. Uh, well, they are entwined. And uh, so there were physical things that I had to do and changes I needed to make. And um, you know, obviously I, I listened and I made them. Uh, so uh, it, it, what I do really, really want to stress is, and I can't really stress this enough, it, this was really scary. Um, you know, I, had, I mentioned that first week, aside from being painfully feverish, barely being able to eat anything, um, I was, uh, it, was, it was pretty unnerving. Uh, am I drowning in debt going into the medical world? Do I go into the hospital possibly? Um, you know, do I risk taking the alternative road and, possibly getting sicker or dying. Um, you know, these are really real fears that were, were hitting me on multiple levels. So, again, I don't want to minimize how, you know, scary it was. And, and you, you know, and for me, and I say this kind of arrogantly, but, I, you know, there's not a lot that scares me in life. The beauty of me is I've been in metaphysics since I'm 17 or 54. I don't have a lot of the fears most people do. I, I walk through life much more with a feeling of being protection, protected and guided, and I have, you know, my readings and my runes, and, I, you know, I have my signals and my signs. I, you know what I mean? So I don't know. I don't have the same fear a lot of people necessarily do. But so this was definitely a round of real fear again, which I have not felt in a while. So, uh, you know, the joke I say is the one good thing that did come out of it is I did lose 16 pounds. I don't recommend this kind of an illness or any illness as a weight loss plan, but at least some good that came out of something crappy was, I, I mean, I have not been this lean since um, 2002. I was kind of getting kind of ripped and lean 
my um, I gained about six pounds of it back already since <laughs> since I would say, but I'm still down like ten, eleven. You know, so it was it was a good good loss. Not again, not a good weight to lose it, but a good loss. Um, so, you know, so what I, again, what I'm constantly trying to point out to people is, listen, your body is not just randomly attacked. You know, there's emotional issues going on, block beliefs, energetic blocks, and and limitations and fear and things that are going on in our psyches. This builds over a long period of time and eventually becomes something physical. Um, you know, there's different rules that apply to childhood illnesses to some extent, being born with something that, you know, we, can, we but when we're talking about a full-grown adult acquiring something, there is something else going on emotionally and psychologically. So, of course, I had to look at that. And for me, it was pretty clear. There were two things that had me disturbed for the last year or two. One, as I mentioned, was this thing with a, an old credit card debt that was haunting me and coming after me and put a lien on my checking account and threatening court notes and, uh, you know, just exhausting. And, um, you know, and, and listen, I'm a fire sign, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a pretty big kind of muscular dude. You know, I'm not used to people kind of screwing with me that way in that sense. It did. I had to almost a, every couple of days, now I knew where the office was in Scottsdale. It was not far from where it was where this guy was trying to sue me and, you know what I mean, and, and, and get money out of me. Man, I had to resist that part of me, that old kind of, you know, fighter in me. Just don't do anything, man. You know, I, you know, I know, I always sort of follow through on things in a way maybe other people don't always necessarily do. I think to myself, I had gone down there to beat the crap out of this guy, which, believe me, I thought about. You know, I'd run across this guy. He'd be some skinny nerd doofus who has a wife that is sick with cancer and four kids, and this is what he's doing to try to make a living to feed and take care of his family. And I think about punching his lights out, and I would feel bad and guilty. I wouldn't do anything and end up just kind of feeling bad for this guy. So I, I know me. I'm, I'm just not going to follow through on anything psychotic, not to mention the fact I probably end up in jail on top of it, so that's not wise. <laughs> you know, there's, there's a certain amount of, uh, you know, ability to be discerning about your actions, right or wrong. And so that was one part. Two, you know, and I think even a bigger part of it was I was interconnected. You know, my mom, um, when my dad passed 10 years ago, um, thankfully my father invested well financially and left my mother comfortable. Um, and, and for years, my mother, you know, she just sat on this outlandish amount of money. And, and you know, anytime anybody had a difficulty in the family or something, mom, you know, never reach out to help, play this pretend game of being a martyr and being broke and everything's tight. And, and yeah, I got to tell you, it, it, it aided me for a long time in a way. I had a sister and, and her oh, my sister's husband, you know, 10, 11 years ago, 10 years ago, um, after my dad had passed, had a kidney failure and was on dialysis, and my my mother didn't help. You know, just you know, it was tough on them. They were a lot of fear about the financial bills and a lot of things that scared them. And thankfully, beautiful part of that story is uh, my brother was able, my brother-in-law was able to get a kidney. Someone was a match and volunteered, and he's been really healthy. The kidney took, and he's been healthy since. So it kind of worked out pretty magically in another way. 
but yeah, so there was a lot of just it just wouldn't be how I would be if I was sitting on on you know on on a, on a chunk of money with my friends and family. I, I would be celebrating that in a way. You know what I mean? It just was something that just really clawed at me, I guess, in that way. And uh, and again, I could have been spared a lot of this agony if if she just would have you know been honest, but she didn't. So that was another part of it. But again, it was just when I was taking baths, going through this, I was really processing that I just did not realize how much anger I had had toward my mother. It wasn't just that event. It was just years of her being emotionally cold and, and, and just things that happened to us when we were kids that just messed us up. And my sister's having all kinds of weight issues from not feeling lovable. And, you know, it just was so, a host of things I could go on and on about. So I had to just own that that was going on inside of me. And, and again, what I, what I mentioned in the piece was I think – the last year I had wrote a piece about having to put my 16-year-old cat down because she was really sick. And honestly, I think that that cat, just dogs and cats, I think they absorb up a lot of this emotional stuff for us in that way. And I think I, this was going on for years for me. And then when I had to put Chi-Chi down, it, I didn't have that protective valve anymore. And it finally came to surface. So the good thing is it was really scary, you know, um, but, you know, it, it uh, Now, one, you know, like I, I had said when I wrote the piece was, I don't know exactly what clicked in me, but I just don't have that anger anymore toward my mom and the situation. I mean, she, you know, my mother is in a nursing home now. She's probably realistically in the last year or so of her life. Um, you know, unfortunately, she has dementia now and her body is failing. I mean, the, the, the fact that my father kind of covered the finances so that we would not have to, as all my brothers and sisters would have had to, had to pay to keep her in a nursing home um, is a wonderful thing. So whatever's left, if there's anything, when all is said and done, when mom passes, you know, we'll, we'll get in, in some form of an inheritance. And uh, But, you know, being grateful that, we had that and didn't have to handle that out of pocket is a good thing. It's another way of looking at it. Eventually, whatever's left will come our way. And, you know, I, I would wish my mother to live a long, healthy life, but, again, I'm a realist. You know, there's no turning back from this. She's 86 years old. She's outlived all of her siblings. Her body is just in failure. She's in a wheelchair. She's drugged up in dementia now. So, I mean, it's just a matter of time in that sense. So, you know, I don't want to spend the last few months, a year or so of my mother's life being angry, you know? You know, there's just a point where that's another part of that forgiveness. So, it also, and something, I, again, I, I really, really reiterate a point here. I just always think that once you become aware of something, I think then you have an opportunity for it to clear. I think for a lot of us, it's just We've got beliefs and, and anger and, and stuff that's stored in our bodies, our physical, emotional bodies that we just have never really looked at. We don't realize that we're angry or hurt. It's just such a part of us that it's almost not questioned in that sense. And so this horrible illness did bring all this to surface in a way. So then it was a question of what was I going to do with it? And, you know, two things of, of significance um, one, uh, you know, there were signals all of the time. I mean, relentlessly so. Like I had mentioned in the piece, there was, um, you know, uh, there were 
you know, signals of time, you know, seeing 11-11 on the clock and 2:22, 3:33. I mean, this wasn't just sometimes, guys. This was like constantly, almost like just. I would go to Facebook, you know. I was watching TV. I wasn't even paying attention at the time. I'd go to Facebook to check something. It would be 3:33. I mean, this was just almost constant. And I know that these are angelic numbers. They have meanings. You actually can look these up. I have a book called Angels no, Angel Angel Numbers 101, and it tells you what the numbers mean. Awesome. So I had this constant sort of sense of, of messaging that was coming in, in multiple ways that sort of kept me going. Again, the beauty of uh, metaphysics and, and living a life where you, you're, you know, you're not blind to these things that, that many people are because they don't believe in that, so they don't pay attention to it as much. So I had just a ton of signals that were there. You know, I, I, I had sort of the dark night of the soul, you know, during the, you know, after the first week of this, when the pain began to somewhat diminish, and I just remember sort of almost bargaining with my higher self, my spirit guides, and being like, "Listen, if the plan is for me to be sick for the rest of my life, take me out now. Like I ain't doing this life as a sick man. I, not my thing. I'm not doing this." You know, in that sense, and I could very humorously hear them sort of chuckling in their own way that I that I was actually trying to play this bargaining card because I was not going to be a sickly man for the rest of my life. I, I'm not a sick person. It's not my not my thing for the most part. I've had illnesses, but I just as a general slam for the most part take care of myself. I'm pretty strong. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it worked itself out. The other thing is also, of course, just the physicality in, in a positive sense too. Listen, um, acupuncture works for me. Because I just see the body as a system of like ley lines and 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 movement and organs and interconnected like a railway system, and I think we get sick because energy gets jammed and blocked in a certain area, and that's why to me acupuncture often works very well because it sort of gets the train moving again. It gets the it gets the you know the lines all uncrossed so they're they're moving and flowing again in that respect same thing with trigger points and things of that nature too jin jin jitsu and things of that nature are all based on this idea works for me now i must have had some past lifetimes in in asian cultures where it, it's such a strong thing that works for me i have had past success with it and allergies and other things in the past so that's a part of it um also herbal stuff you know the cures um you know, the plants, the things that were left behind on the planet, you know, almost all plants and, and herbs and things have some healing purpose to them as well. So it's a matter of finding the right stuff. Now, the thing with herbs, of course, is herbal stuff is it's not fast. You don't, when you take a pharmaceutical or you, you take a pain pill or, or, you know, or something of that nature, you're, you're getting a quicker relief in that respect. It doesn't work that way with herbal stuff. You might get some relief, but it's slow. But again, to me, from having researched a lot of this stuff, the positive side of it is when it heals something, it often will heal it permanently. So it might take longer, but at least you're kind of getting rid of it. This idea of, of being on, you know, uh, taking the sort of pills every day compulsively and, and pharmaceutical stuff to me is just, alien. I, I don't want to do it. You know, it's bad enough I got a whole so bunch of vitamins and stuff on my 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 dinner, breakfast, lunch table, and half the time when I'm eating, I, they're sitting right next to me and I still don't take them. I mean, imagine I mean, having a cart around to remember to do that. It's a pain in the ass. 
you know, in that sense. I can, I, the whole column I'm writing about that, too, in another way, about how many things we burden ourselves with. So, yeah, I took all the stuff. Now I'm taking a lot less of it. I just do it as a maintenance mechanism. But, you know, the thing is this. I've talked to a lot of people um, who have had different degrees of diverticulitis in their life and similar things. So I can say at this point, and this is mid-January when this started, we're at uh, the beginning of June. Um, i got to tell you guys, I don't, have really any type of symptoms of this. Um, you know, I was cautious for the first couple of months and minimalizing the white flour, and I, I still um, really I switched over more to whole grains largely, but once in a while I'll have pizza or a bagel. I just have a lot less of it. Um, and I have not had any type of pain in that area or trigger since. Um, I've heard so many people with this illness that still can't eat nuts and they have to be careful about this, and they had a flare-up. And, again, not saying that that doesn't possibly happen in the future, but, you know, at least for the last four or five months, I just seem to be normal again, for lack of a better way of putting it, because I don't know if anybody would ever say I'm necessarily normal, uh, but uh, self-included. Um, so, yeah, you know, this was, you know, I always think if I go through something too and I learn how to handle it, and I, I navigate that course, you know, that is a big part of my, my life. As a teacher and a counselor, I can help other people as well. So, you know, that was my hope. At least I had gone through this. Maybe some other people would be able to navigate through this themselves and, and understand this. You know, even if it's not necessarily diverticulitis specifically, um, again, a digestion issue. I couldn't digest how my mother was or why she was that way. And I couldn't digest being, you know, being uh, 10 years, 10 years later having to fend off collection agencies from eons ago. You know, I, this still amazes me that, that you're allowed, that we're allowed to do this in this country. It just, it's ludicrous. It's not even original debts. They rebuy them. And, you know, I mean, it's just such an obnoxious um, industry in that respect that it can go on that long. Um, so, you know, I think to me, it's my, my and my my advice to my listeners, to my readers, and and even of course in a much more forced, uh, you know, thorough way when one on one with clients, whether by phone session or in, or in office, is figuring out what's going on here. What are the beliefs? Where are the limitations? Where are this coming from? Can we dislodge this? What methods do we need to take so you can heal yourself from something and move through it? Listen, in a, in a in a uh, you know, if you get your arm chopped off or some horrible thing like that happens, you know, in this world we can't really necessarily grow back another arm, although you could get a prosthetic one, amazing things done in prosthetics and other factors. But, you know, people have, you know, what doctors would call miraculous healings um, all of the time. So to me, if, if you can, you know, find an alternative way to move through an illness, a difficulty um, so you didn't have to lose your organs. Uh, that's a, what is this beeping sound coming from? Oh, it's my phone. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm not answering that. Go away. Uh, sorry. Another phone line ringing at the same time as I'm on this one. Um, we'll get away from that. Okay. So, yeah, if, if, if the goal is that I can help other people to kind of see this and, and move through this, Man, listen, that, that's a beautiful thing and, and something that 
I really, really, um, you know, want to be able to do so. You know, for all of us as human beings, listen, very few of us are going to get to this life and not be sick at one point or another. You know, some people have chronic illnesses and, and things as well. And, and everyone's different in terms of their experience around this type of stuff. But what I'm telling you is there are ways to heal. Um, and and these alternative methods of acupuncture and herbs and, and some of these other formulas, listen, they have been around for hundreds if not thousands of years for a reason. So, again, I'm not suggesting we discard Western medicine. Um, you know, I personally think there are some things Western medicine does do well. Uh, you know, I always joke about that. If I get in a car accident, I want an ambulance to take me to a uh, hospital, not an herbalist. Uh, you know, there's certain things in, in Western medicine that are good, and I think, you know, there are amazing surgeons that have the love of what they do, and they want to heal you, and really good doctors. But I think that's almost even more of it. It's that they want to heal, that they are natural healers. I think a lot of nurses are healers in a whole other way. So, um, you know, what my advice is for a lot of my listeners and readers is it's not so much that you discard Western medicine. You begin to look at other alternatives. You begin to research in a different way if you have an illness or a difficulty. Um, sometimes it can help you not to avoid it entirely and not need surgery or, or something like that. But at the very least, you become aware that they're interconnected events. Again, I cannot reiterate this point enough. We're not attacked by stuff, guys. You know, you've got to get away from that that type of, of perception of things. If you have allergies, there's a physical issue and there's an emotional, spiritual issue behind that too. If you have cancer, there's a physical issue, but there's an emotional, spiritual issue behind that too. Everything um, is, is wired that way. So we're really talking about getting to the core um, of, of what the issue is. And, and you know, when you combine a changing of beliefs, a forgiveness, a clearing of the emotional body and the spiritual body's uh, perceptions, combined with the physical elements of, of cures, whether they be Western or Eastern, or that combination is powerful because, again, it can often move something through permanently. In my case, that is, again, very likely to be this, this issue with, with ha having had uh, diverticulitis. Um, you know, I'm 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 celebrating, you know, being able to kind of eat what I want to eat and, and do what I want to do. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely going to be uh, a lot more adult about the choices I make uh, because I'm older and your body doesn't necessarily always recoup as quickly as it did. But, you know, the beauty of being older is also being wiser and smarter. So, okay. Um, so lots of other things I can talk about with this, but, again, I'm glad I at least got some of this uh, info out to you. Again, it was a long column. If you didn't catch the whole thing, go back over and read it again. I mean, there's a, really a lot in this that I think is helpful to people, you know, from my personal experience. And if I can help someone else avoid this illness or other ones uh, or take an alternative route to fixing it, then I, I feel like I've done my job well, you know, in, in that respect, both as a teacher and a healer and a, and a writer. So, all right, so it looks like we are out of time. You know, I had a lot of people jumping in uh, to call in, and again, as I've said in other shows, I kind of started squashing the, um, the call-in feature only because people weren't really calling to ask about the subject. They were calling for many readings. A lot of people on, uh, on, on Blog Talk Radio 
who are readers do little mini um, readings for people. Listen, if you're interested in that, um, you know, uh, contact me and uh, and book an appointment. You know, um, it doesn't matter if you're not here in Phoenix. I half of my clients are by phone. You know, book a session. You know, you, you, you got to pay for for what you uh, what, what you want in life, and uh, it's valuable. Uh, so uh, that's really the way to that. Uh, I just find that the, the mini readings were not really appealing to the listeners, you know. Uh, so I try to stay on myself. So anyway, um, I will uh, call them out in uh, early uh, July. Uh, so thanks for joining me today. Uh, if you're not already getting the column, uh, email me at venturesage at yahoo.com. I can add you to the newsletter mailing list. Include your birthday. So I can I do a month uh, a, a birthday thing a promotion for a very heavily discounted session for people on their birthdays. So that's why you want to add the birthday to it. Um, any information about sessions or the books I've written, all that good stuff is on jimventure.com. So it's easy enough to track down. I'll also mention for session requests, um, same day requests are pretty rare. I'm usually booked to uh, you know uh, two or three days in advance. Sometimes. I can get someone in that day, but more often, please be open. Be patient if it's a couple of days or a week before I can get a session in. I, I only do, you know, maybe 12 to 18, 19 appointments a week, so I'm on my best for everyone. That's important to me. And you get a lot from just reading the columns and the books and all the good stuff, and that costs very little or nothing. So, again, thanks for joining me today. Uh, happy, you know, I think, start to a summer. Um, but... Uh, Let's hold on to spring a little longer. This is Phoenix. We've been lucking out with decent weather. I hope that hangs a little bit longer. But uh, I'm a realist. I know that. <laughs> I know the heat's are coming. So, uh, again, thanks for joining me today. This is Jim Ventura. Everybody have a great day, and we'll catch you next time. Cheers. <laughs>